Tell your friends the Mark and Max show is back and better than ever. Are you ready? LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac extravaganza pulling out of the station. A little worse for wear, but hanging in. <laughs> so happy Thursday. We, yeah, really. <laughs> um, yesterday afternoon, about four thirty, nineteen-year-old Ezekiel Kelly goes on Facebook Live and starts driving around. Starts at an Auto Zone in Frazier, walks in, broadcasting live, pulls his revolver and shoots the first person he sees. Wow. He then begins a race around Memphis, terrorizing the city randomly shooting people, stealing cars, and shooting people. I mean, just carjacking and shooting people. And I'm thinking, Mark, at 19 years old, what could you possibly be thinking? But here's the deal. Do you know that Ezekiel Kelly, the 19-year-old who just seemed to randomly go about this yesterday, has a criminal record mm. dating back to, of course, when he was a juvenile. Not surprised. Where this is a guy who shouldn't even be, I don't know how he's walking in the face of the earth right now, outside in public, I mean. Well, I can see him walking around a circle in a prison, but yeah. not out here with the rest of us. Uh, I, and I, it I boggles exactly. my mind. I know exactly why. <laughs> it's because of the uh, the people who are governing uh, the his city and the state of Louisiana. That's why. Because they believe these people should. They believe that it's oppressive to keep these people in prison for, you know, for any length of time. It's doing them harm, not good. But then they set them free. And they go back out and do this again. That's why. Well, I will tell you that. Here's the deal, though, is that um, he had uh, an attempted murder, uh, two counts of attempted murder, one count of reckless endangerment, one count of possession of a firearm. And this is only two years ago wow. when he was 17. Wow. Okay. Now, if you've got two attempted murder charges, and, and I believe, and in many cases, sentencing is very similar, attempted murder and murder get about the same treatment. We treat them differently in the news, but in the judicial system, it's treated yeah. very much the same. Yeah. You know, because the only difference is you were a bad shot, right? Um, anyway. Yeah. Uh, he pleaded guilty to it. They let him, they let him negotiate it down. Okay. He pleaded to a lesser charge of aggravated assault in huh. last year. He got three years in that case, but he was already out of jail. Wow. So 2020 at 17, two counts of attempted murder pleads it down in 2021 when he's 18 and 19, he's out walking in the streets like he didn't do anything wrong. Hmm. So there you go. Just throwing it out there to start the day with a smile and a song in your heart. Because you know what? <laughs> no matter what, you know, evil exists. Yeah, and it it, I don't know if evil exists because love exists or because good exists. I don't know. But hmm. I know that it does and they coexist. Yeah. And you have a choice. You can go one way or the other. But there is no gray matter in between. Unless, of course, you're negotiating with a DA that wants to clear their run sheet you know yikes life radio.fm mark and mac show and finally i now know why yo mark congleton is an apple slash mac kind of guy because <laughs> an apple watch can say an apple watch a day could save your life today there you go <laughs> yeah a dad whose heart stopped more than 100 times in 48 hours says he owes his life to his Apple Watch that he received as a gift from his wife. 54-year-old David Last received the gadget in April, and it immediately showed his resting heart rate was as low as 30 beats per minute. That's drastically less than the usual number in adult men of 60 to 100 beats per minute. He initially dismissed the device as being faulty, 
but visited the doctor on advice from his wife, Sarah. He was referred to a cardiologist at Norfolk and Norwich University Hospital where he was booked in for an MRI scan in May. When the results came back and the dad of four realized there was a serious issue when he had he had when he had five missed calls from doctors who had found he was at risk of sudden cardiac death. He said, my wife keeps saying that she saved my life and she's not wrong. If she hadn't bought me my Apple watch for my birthday, I wouldn't be here. Okay, but you dismissed the Apple Watch. It was your wife that made you go. So not only did she buy you the wife that you ignored, how long did you ignore her before she said, you know what, you're fat, you keep eating way too much fat pork and bacon and everything. Come on, man, go to the doctor. Hey, hey. You know she was saying that. Easy now. Don't pick on bacon. Don't pick on bacon. Come on. Not picking on bacon, picking on the guy who's blaming his, (laughs) you know, why. But blame the watch. I'm going to be honest with you, Mark. If my heart stops beating 100 times in 48 hours, I ought to be getting shooting pains out of my arm from where that Apple Watch is burning a hole in my skin, saying, hurry, 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 something. There's got to be a better warning than a, you know, I ignore those things all day. LifeRadio.fm, Mark and Mag Show, and, uh, you know, Mark, Many's the time I've been staying on the 40th floor of the Shard and uh, looked outside. The Shard? Who stays in a building called the Shard? I'm going to be honest with you. If you're on any floor above one, everybody else below you should be watching out because mm-hmm. you're at the Shard. Yeah. What the, is the Shard, The Shard Mark? is a skyscraper in London. It's a, it's a really uh, tall, oddly spiky-shaped building. They named it the really? Shard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, I get it. I, yeah. I was thinking of something else. So, well, there you go. Yeah. Well, a couple staying on the 40th floor of the shard were in bed. No, 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 no. It's not like they got a, no. a glass floor. Come on. Uh, uh, dude, <laughs> stop. Oh, come on, man. I'm already sweaty now. So they're staying on the 40th floor of the shard. They're in bed. They spot this man waving at them and climbing past their window at 6 a.m. Paul Kerfey said it was amazingly uplifting interesting choice of words to see the young man on sunday who had appeared to scale the uh, 1016 foot building in central london barefoot the metropolitan police later confirmed that a 21 year old man had been arrested on suspicion of trespass and two other men arrested on suspicious suspicion uh, suspicion of causing public nuisance uh, as the london ambulance service and london fire brigade all attended the scene um, he still called it the London Fire Brigade. I love that. <laughs> Mr. Curfee, he's 52, um, uh, said he was smiling and waving. <laughs> they were visiting the uh, the capital for a birthday trip and were lying in bed on the on floor 40 of the building when somebody sa- started waving at the window. The climber was yelling in celebratory fashion, Mr. Cur- uh, Curfee says. He's a retail businessman from the Isle of Man. He appeared waving at the window, 40 floors up, already in uh, in the deep end, so to speak. We couldn't help but urge him on to complete his mission. He was smiling, waving, and having the time of his life. Mr. Curfee added the climber had a happy demeanor. It was scary to see, but his happy demeanor was amazingly uplifting. Um, YouTuber Adam Lockwood posted pictures and videos of himself climbing the shard on Sunday with one post appearing to show him at the top of the building. All right, now. Let's just say we, we leave reality to the side for a minute. Okay. And Dave Mack is on the 40th floor with his wife in bed in the morning at six o'clock. Yeah. Somebody is banging on the window. <laughs> 
Somebody is getting a, a hammer thrown at them. I'm going to be throwing everything I can until that window breaks. So little Spider-Man is going to be Splatty-Man, you know? I'm not going to be grinning at his uplifting, you know. He ain't going to be smiling for long. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And, uh, you know, Mark, I, as a parent was aware of my children and their little crushes and things like that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, your children kind of feed off of you and, you know, your personality and how you do things. And, you know, if you internalize things, they tend to learn to do that. If you're open about things, you know, but then along comes a grandchild that, you know, it's part, you see little parts of you in it, you know, you see about (laughs) 25% and you hope it's the good and not the bad, you know, but then you see plenty of other sides that you're going, wow. Dude, really? <laughs> you know, I would have made fun of that in somebody else, but I'm going to let you have this. But anyway, my little buddy Braylon has such a big heart, Mark. Uh-huh. He has such a big, yes. And it, it, it goes beyond, and his memory is unbelievable. But he wears his heart on his sleeve, okay? And so when he gets his feelings hurt, he doesn't, um, you know he's, you know what I mean? He doesn't hide it. Right. He doesn't grin and bear it. He doesn't yeah. smile and keep on. He just, and he won't say anything. He doesn't yell and scream. He gets real quiet and just leave me alone. Mm. You know, he'll do that the first time. But, but, but Papa's here. I just want to find out what, Papa, leave me alone. Mm. But, but Braylon, Papa wants to help. And I'm thinking, <laughs> stop, Dave. You're not helping. You see, his eyes just turned to red. With <laughs> flame shooting out. But I can't help it because he looks so sweet. And it's just. I just want to cuddle him and love him and say, it's okay. I'm here. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It didn't work. It didn't work. I think he should have hit me. It might have hurt less, you know. But I still don't know what happened. But whatever oh, wow. it is, it hurt his feelings pretty bad. And the thing is, is that when that happens, it's better for Because I'm like, really? I, You know, if you're really hurt, rub some dirt on it and take yeah. a lap, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but, of course, LaDonna, you know, wait a minute. Is that... Is that a real hangnail? Oh, no, that's a piece of your hair, and it fell out? Oh, oh, oh no. Oh, well, you got to go to the hospital. Oh, Why? No. A piece of his hair fell out. Oh, oh yeah. gosh. So, oh, so he, yeah, he's got those extreme sides. Let him have that. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. hour later, he's fine. But mm-hmm. I still don't know what happened, who yeah. I should be mad at. You know, mm-hmm. he's in, Mark. He's in second grade. Right. Okay? Hey, he's going to, if this that's is kind of what, boy. That's, that's kind of what I'm thinking. He's in second grade, and somebody's somebody's hurt his feelings. Yeah, I can just hope it's somebody that's playing football that he can take it out no, on in it's practice. A girl. Oh, no. it's a girl. Okay, yeah, well, I know Uh-oh. that was my first thought. Was yeah, yeah. See, he doesn't really have problem. Yeah, okay. Um, it was a girl. It's a and yeah, bless I'm gonna be honest. I know you have crushes when you're little, but eight, seven, second yeah. grade. Come yeah. on, really? Yeah. Wow. Oh, bless his heart, though. <laughs> Welcome to the rest of your life, kid. I know. That's what I want to tell him. Really, dude, you know, shake this off because uh-huh. you got about 20 more years or so. I mean, <laughs> put it this way. You know, you're going to Papa's going to be worm food by the time you solve this problem. <laughs> you know? And if he solves the problem, he could make a lot of money telling us how he did. <laughs> but we won't be here to hear. <laughs> that's right. LifeRadio.fm. Mark Congleton hits me with this right before we go on the air. Okay. Hey, you know, today is Star Trek Day. Yeah. What? I didn't. Have a, I thought May, I thought May the 4th was Star Trek Day. No, that's, that's Star Wars. Star Wars. 
Oh, oh, yeah. I, I'm sorry. Yes. Wow. Then, okay. Then I, oh, oh no. Now the whole crew of Big Bang Theory is mad at me. I know. I know. You can't mix those guys up. I just thinking about the women on the sofa. Remember the girls? They're the same. Yeah. <laughs> what? There is no difference. <laughs> So, yeah, but but I'm scanning okay, Star Trek, during the music right before we got back in. I, I I happened across this thing sort of in the sidebar on Twitter about it being about uh, a Star Trek day. I'm like, what? There's a Star Trek day? Yep. September 8th, because on September 8th, 1966, that's when the first episode or 65, I think the first episode uh, of uh, there. No, it's on September 6th, uh, September of of eighth of 1966 the uh the the first episode of star trek aired so it ran Hmm. for it ran for three years (laughs) three years of its five-year mission (laughs) (laughs) explore strange new world yep to seek out new life to boldly go where no can't say man anymore i know know, man used to be the general term for all human beings it was not a gender it was not gender exclusive, I but know. liberals made it gender specific. Yes. So now man can't be mankind. You know, mm-hmm. it has to be humankind. Yep. And wait a minute. What about non-humans, Mark? Because we know we got the gray aliens uh, and the lizard I aliens know. that are here. And, and we, we know the coneheads are all, you know, uh-huh. they're birthing babies with us and everything else. So how, how do you say human? How, mm, can, can you not I, say human slash alien kind and what aliens are we leaving out when we just say alien? Mark, I'm so confused. Oh, no. You know, this is just evidence of what I've been saying for years, and that is that the world is being run by those people who sit in the back of the meeting and raise their hand when everybody's ready to leave. You know, they, they have one more question about something because they can't understand they can't understand basic principles, just basic stuff. And those are the people who are who are running our lives now. Oh, well, that might offend somebody. So let's change this. No, no. <laughs> Can we just have a normal life? Well, normal is insulting. You can't say normal. That's racist. You can't be. Oh, come on. So we can't just ignore. We can't just enjoy life. No, we can't because somebody's got to be offended by something. Yeah. liferadio.fm the mark and mac show and uh boy mark in this day and age one has to wonder how we ever got along before amazon you know (laughs) um if you remember amazon back in the day in the late 90s when they were running a lot of commercials and if you remember they first it was like books yeah amazon was pretty much a book dealer and they had a plan amazon did the plan was to lose money for several years and eventually mark build um a name brand recognition online yeah as a retailer and they started with books because they could be a middleman for books right. without having to hold a lot of inventory so yeah. they were able to save some money there but they had a i mean they had a plan that they were going to lose a couple hundred million dollars not a couple million wow not 100 million but a couple hundred million before they broke even and they got the visionaries to put the money up that actually believed the same thing. And that's how they began. And that's why Amazon survived when so many others didn't in the original bubble burst of the early two thousands, a number of companies saw how Amazon was running hot and heavy in the late nineties. And so they thought, well, we've got to copy their game plan. Thing is 
they did they copied the game plan but did not understand the game plan mm, yeah so after losing money for two years the investors went hey wait a minute I'm out $20 million and there's nothing. You're telling me it's going to be three more years of this. Yeah. No way. I'm out now. And that's what caused the bubble to burst. They did not have the real plan. Mm. So all these years later, here we are. And we have a, a story about an Amazon driver. Yeah. yeah. Saving puppies from a burning home. Yeah. Who knew in the <laughs> late nineties yeah. when they were losing all that money yeah. that there would be probably a guy that was born about the time the company was just yeah, starting. Probably so. It's now a hero, Mark. Uh -huh. Amazon he, has brought us a hero. And he works out of a warehouse, an Amazon warehouse in his city, driving a gray Amazon truck, you know, and wow. now, now they're huge and they have a presence in cities all across America, and it, they came from that. Well, a woman's gone above and beyond her role as an Amazon delivery worker after saving the lives of three precious pups who were trapped inside a house fire. Although there were no people at home, the family's three Boston Terriers were present when the unidentified female noticed smoke wafting from the property in Florida. The She immediately stopped delivering parcels and called 911 to alert a crew of firefighters to the scene. According to the Columbia County Fire Rescue, the blaze uh, broke out on Tuesday at a house in Lake City, a city in the northern part of the state. The Amazon worker called the first responders just in time for a fire crew to arrive to and extinguish the flames while rescuing the three young dogs. Uh, the department said in a Facebook post, Thank you to the Amazon driver who noticed the smoke and called 911. Since the homeowner wasn't home at the time, she saved the home and the puppies' lives. The rescue wow. workers were able to save and revive the pups from smoke inhalation and keep the blaze contained to a single room. Homeowner wow. Lauren Sutton com commented a heartfelt message on the post uh, reading, Thank you for saving my babies. <laughs> well, yeah. there you go. How about I that? love it. What a good story. Yeah. And it's, it's, it almost, it starts out and it's labeled like this Amazon driver bravely, you know, braved the fire and went in to save three puppies. Actually, mm -hmm. she called, what she did was she yeah. called 911. Kind of <laughs> like saying, Hey, Mark Congolin's choking over here. Somebody do the Heimlich maneuver. I saved him. <laughs> Life radio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And, uh, you know, Mark. I want to go back to the Amazon driver uh, okay. saving the puppies. Right. Because you and I both started the story thinking it was about an Amazon driver <laughs> being a hero. Parked her car yes, yes. And ran into the house like Pee Wee Herman saving all the pets from the pet store, leaving the snakes for last. That's what we, I was kind of picturing, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, it, okay. It did remind me that I remember back for many years when people would talk about a fire and, and how um, they didn't get the puppy out or they didn't do whatever because, and somebody died because somebody could not go in the house. You know, right, they just yeah. couldn't brave the fire. And, you know, I would never be judgmental about that out loud, but in the back of my head, I thought, really, if that was mine, I'd save it. You know, mm -hmm. I it just, but have you ever been near like a house fire uh, when it was fully? No. No, okay. I've been, I've been like I, a block away, but that's about as close as I've gotten. Well, yeah. LaDonna and I, and this is years ago, we um, saw unusual smoke coming from an area that you wouldn't expect it. And so I thought, well, let's make sure, you know, we were like two blocks away. Yeah. Go ahead and go over there. And we see there's a fire th that has taken place is in a house. Yeah. And it looked like it was in the, like the backhand corner of the house. And uh, so we called 911 because there were no fire crews on the scene. Didn't hear any sirens. We call, and within 30 seconds, we hear the fire trucks coming. Well, I had gotten out and started walking towards the house. I thought, 
it doesn't look like there's anybody home, but let's make sure, you know, yeah. kind of thing. I didn't get very close to the fire, okay? And mm. the home was not fully engulfed. It was, like I said, it was on the back right-hand corner. I got, and I mean, I'm not good at distance, okay? But I was a couple hundred feet away. I wasn't close. And the heat yeah. was so yeah. hot. I, I don't know the yeah. way. It was like it was a in, wall. Intense, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it wasn't even up on that. It, I was going through the front. I was trying to go to the front to make sure. I just assumed I could run up to the house, look in, and say, hey, is anybody in here? Do you need help or something? And that I would go in the house and help, you know, before the house got fully engulfed. Mm-hmm. Dude, I, I couldn't even get close enough, and I was yeah. trying. I was I, In my head, I'm like, come on, Dave. There might be a kid in there. There might be an old person that's hurt. You've got to do that. I took my shirt and tried to move it around. I mean, I I don't think I got within 50 feet and that mm. was as that was me pushing everything I had. Yeah. Thinking I was going to help, you know, somebody that couldn't help themselves. Yeah. And I couldn't do it. And wow. I was like, now I get it. Now I understand. I never understood it before then. Yeah. I, that that time that uh, that Jane and I got a, a block from one, uh, a house on fire. We actually passed by the street it was on and it's at the end of the cul-de-sac right at the back of it. So you could look down the street right. and that house is right at the end of the cul-de-sac. And, uh, we saw, we saw the flashing lights from the fire crews and things like that as we, they were pulling into that street as we passed by and mm-hmm. you could feel the heat coming through the car window from a block away. And it right. was, it was fully wow. engaged, fully engaged. Wow. The whole house was going up and we passed by that house. Uh, Monday, we were out running around Monday and, uh, pass by that <clears throat> that street and i look down to the end of it that house is still sitting there with police tape across it they haven't it's, wow. and that's been that's been months and it's still oh, sitting wow. there nothing's happened and it made me wonder you know <laughs> what, what, their insurance issues or what and there's a house huh. in our neighborhood I, I say our neighborhood up at the top of the hill from us um mm-hmm. on the way to the highway there's a house that burned down probably four years ago when I say uh-huh. burned down, burned out, it was obviously when you pass by and look at it, you can tell it was a kitchen fire, but there was so much smoke damage, roof damage and such, mm. you know, they, they just, yeah. you know, the house is empty. It's still sitting there and nothing yeah. has happened. And I think the arsonists in my neighborhood are better than that. Cause yeah. when they burn a house in my hood, it burns, <laughs> it goes boy. down baby. And the insurance money pays out. And boy, I mean, cause there's, <laughs> we don't have crime scene tape months later. Not nope, we got <laughs> no. it. LifeRadio.fm, Mark and Mac show. And, you know, when earlier today, Mark, just doing his thing in between golf lessons and shopping at uh, Facebook Marketplace, finds, yeah. out, finds out it's Star Trek Day, mm-hmm. which I, again, confused and said May the 4th, but that's Star Wars Day. That's right. Not Star Trek Day. Uh, no, they're not the but, same. <laughs> but it's, what else? What else do we have uh, today, Mark? Among many other things, it's National David Day. National David uh, Day, September eighth yeah. each year. It's I thought this, that was every day. No, well, it is for you, <laughs> but for the rest mm. of us, September eighth each, each year is set aside to celebrate people named David. Uh, <laughs> so, wow! Congratulations, you have a day set aside every year, aside from your birthday wow. and the fact that your name is Dave every day. And that I don't celebrate my birthday. <laughs> no, <laughs> funny. I used to separate the people that knew me from radio versus the family yes. uh, by use of the name because uh, on radio, I've always been Dave, mm-hmm. Mac, and in my private life, I was David mm-hmm. until LaDonna and I got married when her, she has a brother named David. Right. And all of a sudden, 
the only people that call me David are people that are pre LaDonna. Right. Hmm. And it, it gets weird some days. I'm, I, it keeps, Mark, it keeps me awake at night. I got to be honest with you. <laughs> Wish they just called me Bob. Well, you call yourself David too. I don't know if you, you actually are aware that you do this, but from time to time you will, I'll hear you over there. You'll be working, clicking away at the computer while stuff is going and you go, Oh, David. Oh, David. (laughs) Yeah. That's the mom in me coming out. (laughs) The Mark and Mac show. liferadio.fm the mark and mac show you know mark yes. when you and i met for lunch last week mm-hmm. and just kind of we're chilling and i was kind of laughing because you and i both wear a lot of food on our shirts <laughs> you know it's kind of funny yeah that was a big day for me the older you get the wilder your shirts <laughs> well i couldn't figure out mark let me be i when i was a kid i couldn't figure out why do older chubby guys wear really loud shirts you know <laughs> i thought is it to take away from something else and then as I became that guy, I found out why. That's right. It's because we have so much on us. It's like food stamp, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you just wear it. So it all blurs yeah. together. You can't tell. And so you made the mistake of wearing something that was white or off white. Yeah. And it was like, all I could think while we were eating, I'm like, I'll be able to see everything he loses. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I, and then what's crazy. Yeah, mine, mine's loud. I'm normally the careful guy, right? I'm. Normally yeah. the guy, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really careful about that. And I guess maybe I was just like starving or something. And I was really diving into the chips uh-huh. and salsa and cracking me. Up. I had a bunch of salsa yeah. on my shirt by the time we got done. <laughs> I was and losing see, so a lot of it. You couldn't tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend. He was a real big guy. He'd make you and me put together. Okay. He was yeah. a real big guy, and he, but he was a really nice choir director. Wonderful mm-hmm. man. But he had always been a big fella. Yeah. And he had a really dainty wife. I mean, smaller than Jane, okay? And yeah. I'm like, this is really the odd couple there. You know, at some point, he's going to confuse her with a London broil. <laughs> you know? And I waited for that call. But anyway, he would eat. <laughs> By holding his hand, he would get his shovel, I mean his fork, yes. and he would have the fork going up and his hand underneath like a trough, uh, right? Yes. And he would shovel it in and and he would catch it. And I wow. was like, it was the weirdest thing watching him eat. And, yep. you know, again, now all these years later where I am now with the, well, I get it. You know, mm-hmm. so anyway. Well, that lunch what made, made me, me think of that was this Heinz ketchup right. thing. The, yeah. you know, Heinz is launching a whole thing to take advantage of this. Yeah. Heinz has launched a clothing line, which uses real tomato ketchup to create stains on vintage and thrifted garments. The condiment giant joined forces with online resale platform thread up to launch its Heinz vintage drip collection <laughs> in the United States, <laughs> boasting 157 pieces. The range features pre-loved streetwear that's used clothing, by the way, and designer items, which are intentionally designed to be inclusive across size and gender with sizes ranging from double extra small to double extra large. Well, what about us triple extra large guys? Come on, Heinz. According to Heinz, each piece (laughs) has a unique ketchup mark, which the brand describes as not a stain, but a statement. (laughs) I've got your statement. I've got it. I've got your statement. I give up. (laughs) 
I, I surrender to the fact that I'm a slob. I give up. And now I'm, bri- I'm buying pre-stained clothing just so nobody notices. <laughs> <laughs> liferadio.fm mark and mac show and now that we have our pre-stained clothing all set out to you know feel a show. if you missed that a couple of minutes ago heinz uh, has launched a vintage fashion uh which features actual ketchup stains and yeah mark i, I want to go back to something on that because you pointed it out but it went right over my head okay featuring real ketchup stains yes i'm a little hung up on this that I'm going to buy brand new clothes and pay extra for them because they've been worn by another fat guy first. <laughs> you can't, you cannot plan a stain. Stains have to happen naturally. Right. So yes. a fat guy in order, I mean, and I'm not making fun of fat guys. I'm talking about the shirt I would have to buy would have to have been worn by a fat guy. Right. Yeah. And he would have to stain it, which means did he stain the pits as well? I mean, what do I have hairs on the back that are going to be poking through? Did they bother to wash it? Because I'm going to be honest, Mark, we have a whole market. There's a whole line at Walmart, Dollar General, wherever you shop, called Stain Remover. Uh Uh-huh. You know? It's the fat guy's best friend. So now we've spent all this money on Stain Remover to go down and buy clothes that are Mm pre-stained. Yeah. So that, (gasps) okay, here's what you do. Honey, I can't figure out how to get this stain out of my shirt. Would you help me? Mm, you know, mm. <laughs> can you, the practical joke that would be, oh my, <laughs> back in the day, I would have said, well, when your wife is washing your clothes, you know, I would have made yeah. that joke, but that's yeah. not the case anymore because you can't say that out loud, but you know what I'm after here. I do. Know? I do. I, if you look at the pictures of, um, mm-hmm. these, these Heinz, the Heinz vintage drip collection, then you see stains in places that I, I don't think I have ever gotten a stain from dripping Mm -hmm. like food. They're like off to generally that's kind of in the middle. You know what I mean? Because right. it's, it's it's heading for your mouth, and your mouth is in the middle, and that's where the stain is going to go. It's going to go down down the middle of your shirt. These are over like on one side. <laughs> well, maybe it was the Johnny Cash ghost song. The one in the middle was on the right, and the one on the bottom was on the top. <laughs> okay, and, you know, maybe so. Hmm. The one in the back is an all night DJ, <laughs> and the guy on his rear got drafted. Thank you very much. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mag Show. And, uh, you know, off the air when the music's playing, Mark and I will talk about any number of different things, mm. sometimes sharing dog stories, you yeah. know, just because we both have. I mean, you've got Cooper, who, yeah. how old is Cooper now? Uh, 14 weeks. Okay. Yeah, 14 weeks, something uh, like that. Yeah, 14, 15 and weeks. And I've got, yeah, Hank, and Hank's about 18 months old. Yeah. So they're both still puppies. I oh, mean, yeah. Yeah. Just yikes man just yikes yeah the difference is you have um an enjoyable little pup who can be crate trained and is mm-hmm. just sweet and just still has puppy breath and all that yes it's really cool yes i also have the scars on my hands from where he bites when he plays <laughs> but <laughs> those things are sharp man I'm, those little puppy teeth are just like needles i mean wow. and the thing is that he's not really biting you right he's right? just grabbing you i mean you have hands yeah. dogs use their mouth and 
So he's just, well, he'll roll over on his back and flail his feet in the air. And he wants you to come after him, you know, come on, come on, come at me, dude. And, um, and so you do, and he clamps down on your hand. Ow, 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 you know, <laughs> ow. Oh gosh. But, uh, he's, uh, like he was, you mentioned crate training. He's, we're doing that. And the, the beauty of crate training is that, that, that pet carrier becomes how, you know, his house, it's his home. Right. And in the past, when we crate trained, uh, the Reverend flash, yeah. Uh, if anything happened, like the neighbors had fireworks going or there was thunder or they got scared, he got scared for any reason. If you couldn't find him, he was in his crate because right. that that's where he felt safe. And, uh, and the same thing is happening with, uh, with Cooper. Now, if he ever gets, you know, if he ever, if he ever gets scared, he's either whining, looking for you or he's in his crate. Yeah, oh, that's, wow. that's kind of cool. You know, man, Hank's not like that, Mark. No, no, <laughs> no. Oh, Hank's no. just all big, all boy, and just all big. I mean, dude. Well, I would imagine but, the difference between, say, Cooper chewing on the leg of a chair and Hank chewing on the leg of a chair would probably be pretty different, you know? <laughs> Mark, the wrought iron fence that we had on the front, you know, yeah, did not hold up to Hank. <laughs> Bless his heart. Oh, God. You know, we had, during the summertime, he got used to having Braylon around. Yes. You know, during, well, when Hannah was at work, I mean, he was, he had a little Playboy. I yeah. played, you know, all day. Oh, yeah. He doesn't. And so now it's like, I'm not kidding. I, from the minute I'm home, he's underfoot and mm. I'm clumsy on a good day. Yeah. So imagine I'm being followed around by a 75 pound medicine ball, you know? <laughs> and it's just. <laughs> but. Oh. that's awesome <laughs> yeah it's really awesome but he has a face like babe ruth and every time i see pictures of babe ruth i'm like oh hank you know it's just <laughs> life radio.fm mark and mag show and you know it's funny when you uh go to plan a trip traveling taking a plane uh, we often make jokes about getting the, uh, you know, pulled out of line and being searched, you yeah. know, and Mark tends to be that guy. They want to <laughs> scan him, you know. I might as well wear it's a name tag. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Just go ahead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I've I've seen them. You know, we, we've made jokes about how they search the wrong people, you know, like in, in countries around the world that have a lot of terrorism. They, you know, you don't call it profiling, but that's what they're doing. I mean. There's no sense in searching certain people. Right, yeah. But that's when you're talking about bombs and things like that. Yeah. Here's a story that comes to us from Milan, where some dogs sniffed out something really cool. And I mm. wonder if while they were sniffing, if this, if they kept getting faster, you know? <laughs> ah, let's go. Let's go. You know? Kind of gives you an idea of what they may have found. Yeah, a drug-sniffing dog led police in Milan in the airport there to find approximately 30 pounds of cocaine. It was stuffed into the leather upholstery of a motorized wheelchair. The specialized canine unit was deployed at the Malpensa airport in Italy to check arriving passengers and their luggage following a flight from the Dominican Republic. After drug couriers previously used that route, police say in a statement, when a dog uh, drew officers' awareness to this traveler, police first checked his luggage, which yielded nothing, but discovered the drugs after cutting open the wheelchair's upholstery. The passenger, wow. a Spaniard who asked airport workers to help guide the wheelchair, then got up <laughs> and walked unaided before being taken <laughs> into custody. 
The passenger was brought to a local jail where judicial authorities upheld his detention pending investigation of the case. Officers said the 11 packets of cocaine, which weighed 13.35 kilograms, could have made 27,000 individual doses and had a street value of around $1.2 million. Wow. Yeah. Man. It's a bundle of dope. (laughs) It is. And it's funny, they use the word wheelchair, uh, even though they say it's motorized wheelchair. And what do you think when you think wheelchair? You think that thing with the big wheels that you, you know, on the sides. Yeah. And it's, and it's right. got the, you know, the it basically it's a sling in the bottom that you sit in and, and the back mm-hmm. because it all folds up. Well, this is more like, think more like a rascal scooter. Oh, okay. You see, with the big upholstered, yeah. big thick foam upholstered seat in the back. That's what this was. Wow. That's how they could put yeah. 30 pounds of cocaine into it. That's just beyond the pale, man. Yeah. Really? That's how you, I mean, I'm going to be honest. If you're going to be that stupid, you, well, no, you know what? Just stop. Stop yeah. this man. Mm-hmm. Uh. Life radio dot FM. Mark and Mac show. And <laughs> we, we have had stories about, people miraculously finding money in their bank account. Now, most of us know if money just shows up in your account and you didn't expect it, didn't plan on it, and have no reason for thinking it should be there. Right. Your best bet is notify somebody there could be a problem, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Don't, you're, you're do call not the go bank, spend yeah. the money. Right. Yeah. No, but a few years ago, a college student in South Africa woke up one day to find a million bucks in her bank account, $1 million. The company responsible for administering administering student funds made a clerical error that turned her from a starving student on a ramen noodle budget into a high roller overnight. While she apparently called to confirm the deposit and was told it was correct, it very obviously was not. That didn't stop her from going on a a two-month spending spree, though. Some fellow students noticed that her standard of living had suddenly risen and uh, dropped a dime on her. Ah. (laughs) Fortunately, by the time the school looked into it, the woman had only spent $60,000 of the $1 million. And, yes, she was forced to pay it back. Wow. Now, money shows up in your account. Yeah. It's not yours. Right. If you decide to go do something with it, just saying that it might be better, take the money that's not yours and put it in an account that is interest bearing, you know, so that yeah, you're going to make money on it until they figure out the problem. And in the meantime, you've made this money, right? I mean, it's just a thought and it's just, you know what? It's kind of like a reward for you being irritated by this money being in your account, you know, <laughs> but don't spend it. No. Just no thing is, you know, I, a lot of us have had a problem with the bank from time to time. It used to be an old joke, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, the checks in the mail kind of thing or right. the bank made a mistake that that check is good. Wow. Well, the paper is good, but the money, there's no money in the bank, but right. you know, Hey, that's a good check. You know, mm. you just can't do anything with it. And we've all made those jokes and yeah. many of us have lived that life before, you know, of, yeah. Oh, I hope, I hope that the money is there before that hits the bank. Mm. But you know, better than to, you know, you, when you go to the bank and you tell them there's a mistake in mm. your account, that's in your favor. 
they are not always the most polite people in the world. They think right. you've done something. Yeah. All right. I had that happen where I thought I should have just kept it. I should have just kept that money. <laughs> you know, I, well, it was only $20,000, but you know, that's a lot of money. Well, you've got million. me, you've got me thinking now. I don't know what the yeah, current really? interest, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I know it's odd is weird, mm -hmm. but <laughs> here we go. Um, I don't know what the current rate of interest is like on a, yeah. like if on a, on a, on an interest bearing account. And I, I would imagine it varies a little bit from institution to institution, but at the current rate over two months time, the, the amount of mm -hmm. time she went on her spending spree, how much interest would a million dollars have accrued in that account? Okay. So, I mean, if it's, if it's a thousand dollars, it's a thousand dollars more than she had, right? you know, and a million bucks at, I don't know. I, I like I said, I don't know the interest rate, but she right. she could have made well, some she could have made some handy changes. She'd just done that. Well, when you're looking at it, you didn't just if you did like four percent, mm -hmm. you know, or whatever. And yeah. I don't know, but yeah, you're right. There is money when you when you're dealing with millions of dollars, a million dollars. It is very. I mean, it, it explodes in terms of interest. Because, oh yeah. You know. Yeah. You're just making so much, and if you just keep you keep it and roll it, you know, you don't uh, take that money out. It, yeah. But, but it would there, earn and, fast. and there you go. That's don't take the money out. And this is where yeah. the, this is where the fine print comes back to bite you Yeah. in 60 days. If you take that million out, what's the penalty? <laughs> right. You may go in the red. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show where boy oh boy mark um every day's a party every meal's a feast it's just like mardi gras without the beads <laughs> once again i'm a little disappointed <laughs> wow <laughs> so, you know what's funny is is when you have the wrong page of buttons up that's what happens yeah. when you when you reach for this button and it's not that button <laughs> Oh, okay. I was wondering what you were doing, man. I'm looking for I reached up and just as my finger touched it, I went, oh, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it was supposed to, supposed to be the ding, but no. Okay. Mark the dummy was on the wrong page of buttons. Oh, well. Oh, there you go. There hey, we go. whatever works, buddy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. A woman is injured after a dry ice explosion. Now, yeah. what in the world are we talking about, Mark? Well, a woman on a subway in China suffered some injuries after another passenger's insulated cough uh, bottle you know, the insulated coffee bottle or whatever, carrying dry ice, exploded. It sent the cap flying right at her face. Police said two medical school students had been using this sealed container, which was intended for hot beverages, like a, like a thermos, to transport some dry ice. What happens? It's, it's slowly, you know, it's, <laughs> it's melting, so to speak, and as it does, it expands in the container and blows the cap off. Right across the aisle, right into this woman's face. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I well, can't, I, since I don't, you know, I don't drive, I'm not on the train or the subway or anything like that yeah. ever. I can't imagine that happening, but I can, I can imagine it happening around the house. You know, you say one of the, one of the kids is doing some sort of a little experiment and they've got, they've got some dry ice in a, in a thermos sitting on the kitchen counter and you hear Boom! From the other end of the house. <laughs> you walk in the kitchen and there's shattered thermos all over the place and a hole in the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, that's where you just turn around and walk away knowing you're going to get blamed for whatever that's happens. That's exactly you know? right.
liferadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac extravaganza pulling out of the station and heading into the rest of the day, which Woo-hoo. means it's either lunchtime, nap time, or both. You know? <laughs> Take your pick. I'll take the combo platter, please. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Pardon me, Mark. Um, all right. Now, we have a story here, and this is what the headline says. One-legged Stone Age skeleton may show oldest amputation. Mm-hmm. It's a 31,000-year-old skeleton of a young adult found in a cave in Indonesia. It's missing its left foot and part of its left leg, and they say it reveals the oldest known evidence of an amputation. Scientists say the amputation was performed when the person was a child and that the patient went on to live for years as an amputee. The prehistoric surgery could show that humans were making medical advances much earlier than previously thought. Researchers were exploring a cave in Borneo, Borneo in a rainforest region (laughs) known for having some of the earliest rock art in the world. When they came across this grave, through, uh, though much of the skeleton was intact, it was missing its left foot and the lower part of its left leg. After examining the remains, the researchers concluded the foot bones weren't missing from the grave or lost in an accident. They were carefully removed. The remaining leg mm-hmm. bone showed a clean, slanted cut that healed over. Hmm. There were no signs of infection, which would be expected if the child had gotten its leg bitten off by a creature like a crocodile. And there hmm. were no, also no signs of a crushing fracture, which would have been expected if the leg had been snapped off in an accident. The person appears to have lived for around six to nine more years after losing that limb, eventually dying from unknown causes as a young adult. Wow. So surgery that long ago. Somebody thought it was cool to have Arlo, you know, as a pet. I realized, oh, wait a minute. (laughs) LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. You know, Mark, you and I have had, uh, we've been blessed with the opportunity to meet some really amazing people. True. Um, And one that comes to mind whenever we deal with dinosaurs and things like that. Uh, is Grady McMurtry, right? Yeah. Dr. McMurtry? Yes. Um, I get his name wrong all the time, just FYI. <laughs> I actually but, have a nice scribbled a note on my page over here. What would Dr. Grady yeah. McMurtry say about this? Yeah, that's, and that's kind of where I was yes. headed with that. On Because here's the headline. <laughs> yeah. Teacher finds rare 300 million year old fossil. Mm-hmm. Lisa St. Cormier was going for a daily dog walk with her pup, Sammy, along Cape Edma, uh, Edgemont Beach on Canada's Prince Edward Island. When she thought, when what she thought was a tree root poking out of the sand turned out to be a 300 million year old fossil. She says, when I looked closer, I realized there was a rib cage and around that there was a spine and a skull. Cormier, a former middle school science teacher, took photos of what she found and through a relative, they were passed along to Laura McNeil of the Prehistoric Island Tours, which runs tours of sites with fossils on the island. Local geologists and paleontologists who work with Prehistoric Island Tours turned up to see what Cormier found. One of the geologists and paleontologists, John Calder, said the fossil appears to date back three to 300 million years ago. Calder says that very few specimens have been discovered from that period and that it could even be a previously unknown species. The site is currently being excavated and studied for more findings, and the in pre, prehistoric island tours posted images of the discovery on their Facebook page. Um, well, good they for said, them, huh? uh, They said it'll, it'll <laughs> probably take a year to figure out exactly what it is. 
and they're not even right. not a hundred percent sure it's a reptile. So, so right, the jury's still out on it. Okay, so Doctor McMurtry would always point out that there probably was a funding thing, you know, mm. and funding was running out. We got to find something to get more funding. So <laughs> hey, here we go, and at least a year before we'll even know what oh, it could right. be. That's you know? right. So that's, we need to keep that funding man, just, going so we can. Is, yes. <laughs> yeah. And McMurch, when he pointed that out to us, it was like, dude, really? Come on. It is so funny because it actually is true, yep. you know, yep. um, in a sad way. But I would, it'd be kind of interesting to see what happens with this when everything's done. And it was, know, it was funny I when we asked him about that. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I said, you know, I said that it's going to be funny because he probably is going to point out that this was found in the land of the Lilliput, you know, yeah, that's or whatever. The that's what I was going to say. The that. hobbits. Yeah. They, because yeah. they, you know, there was yeah, that island, yeah. there was that island of the little people that yeah. they found all those years ago. And we asked him about that and he's, yeah, they'll find out it was, you know, <laughs> they'll find out it was, they were simians or monkeys. something like they were monkeys. Yeah. Yeah. And sure enough, a few months later, much, mm-hmm. much more quietly, there was an article about, oh yeah, those yes. were, those were monkeys, you know? So Yeah. <laughs> But they already got their funding, so everything was fine. they did. (laughs) Begin your day with a smile. The Mark and Mac Show, weekday mornings, only on liferadio.fm.